In this podcast, I'd like to talk about the idea that the whole essence of the way the existing medical system works is to provide a diagnosis of the cause of your symptoms based on a diagnostic test, typically the MRI, which finds structural variations. The structural variations typically include at the back a herniated disc, a pinched nerve, stenosis, sometimes there's compression fracture or something called spondylolisthesis which sounds very scary but it just means that the vertebrae is shifting front to back slightly. At the knee you might get arthritis, the ever-present bone-on-bone diagnosis. At the hip there could be a labral tear or arthritis. Uh, At the shoulder, you'll be told you have a bone spur or uh, different forms of arthritis or, again, the labral tear. Uh, You might even be told that you're bone on bone. So the, the premise always is associated with the idea that you're having a symptom, you seek medical care, a structural variation is found on a, on a diagnostic test and that becomes the cause of your symptoms. Now, I want you to fully appreciate what is being said because I think that there's a general sense that since a medical practitioner gives you a diagnosis that it has to be accepted pretty much automatically basically because you have to have a certain sense of trust that the medical practitioner has an understanding, first of all, of how to properly diagnose the cause of your symptoms, and secondly, that they're out for your best interests. And the strange part is that in most cases, I don't doubt the latter. It's actually the first part that is basically, fairly obviously, true that they don't know how to diagnose the cause of your symptoms. That's the part where you should be very frightened, and as far as I'm concerned, just cannot possibly accept these diagnoses or this mechanism in terms of identifying what's causing your symptoms. I want to try to give you some examples where particular diagnoses are actually not just, there's there's not just a chance that it's a wrong diagnosis. Just based on the presentation of symptoms, it is impossible for that diagnosis to create the symptoms being experienced. That's what you have to appreciate in the vast, vast majority of situations when a diagnosis is provided. I know it's easy for the medical practitioner to say, oh, I found stenosis, you have pain, let's just call it the cause. But there has to be some sense of rationale behind that diagnosis. It's not just, I found it, it's the diagnosis. I want you to start to become smarter and start to question whether the diagnosis could even be the cause of your symptoms. Because if it's not the cause of your symptoms and it's treated, what would you expect is going to happen to your symptoms? Are they going to be reduced? Of course not. Not only aren't they not going to be reduced, but there's a high probability they're going to increase. So, 
let's go back a second and just try to get a sense of what's going on here. You're having symptoms. Why do you have symptoms? Typically pain. The reason that you're having symptoms is because the body is trying to create conscious awareness of distress of a tissue. So your body's working, it's going along fine, and all of a sudden there's a breakdown in the tissue. The best one to explain this and that most people understand is if you're having a heart attack, distress of the heart, you get a very specific symptom of pain at the left chest and the left arm. So the pain at the chest and the left arm isn't just arbitrary. It didn't just appear. The body put it there. So the purpose of the symptom, it's not that the symptom is leading. It is the tissue is leading and it's creating the symptom with the attempt to allow conscious awareness to be created of the distress of that tissue. So you get pain at your chest and your left arm, and if you were to go to somebody and say, I'm having pain at my chest and my left arm, that particular set of symptoms is identified to a medical practitioner as being related to the heart. So they immediately do some sort of heart testing, find some distress, and that's treated. So that's why you're having the symptoms. So it is the goal of diagnostics to establish what tissues are listening to the symptoms. Now, re recognize what I'm saying. A particular tissue that's not doing well is trying to get help to make you aware or to make a particular medical practitioner aware. It creates a certain set of symptoms associated with that particular tissue so that someone reasonably intuitive could understand those particular tissues, uh, those particular symptoms, and recognize that that is related to a particular tissue, allow for distress of that tissue to be achieved, and then there's no longer a need for the symptoms. So that's the purpose of the diagnostics, is to identify the tissue. Now, if a tissue is identified and it is fully incapable of, of creating the symptoms you're experiencing, how could you possibly accept that as a diagnosis? And I don't necessarily say that to the patient. I'm talking to the medical practitioners, the ones who are the supposed diagnosticians, who are supposed to be in a position to interpret the symptoms to identify the proper tissue. But if you look at the way the system works, no one's looking at the symptoms. They're simply doing a diagnostic test like an MRI. It finds a structural variation, and the symptom is associated with the structural variation. Anyone, anyone today who has symptoms and goes to a medical practitioner will acknowledge that they're in that office less than two to three minutes, which is just enough time for the individual to identify where they're having symptoms to allow the medical practitioner to provide a prescription for an MRI for that area. I've been doing this for over two decades now, treating chronic pain, and the story is always the same, but it in fact is worsening in terms of the interest of the medical practitioner in the symptoms that the individual is experiencing. It is basically not even accepted or identified or any interest put into those symptoms. 
It's just enough time for a prescription to be provided for an MRI so that that test can be performed, the structural variation identified, and we can now start treatment based on that structural variation being identified, even though in the vast majority of cases, that structural variation couldn't even possibly be creating your symptoms. If you understand that, if you are listening to this and you understand that, and that makes sense to you, you have to take pause. You have to say to yourself, there is no possible reason I would want to put myself through this knowing that in the vast majority of cases, that diagnostic test is not possibly going to be able to find the structural vari the, the, the cause of my symptoms. And I would acknowledge that it is more than 90% of cases that by the use of diagnostic tests, you will have a misdiagnosis achieved. And the primary reason is the fact that those structural variations are completely independent of pain. In 95 to 98% of cases, the cause is muscular. That's just a fact. And there's even a theoretical basis why it's muscular. And that is because you live in a gravity environment and you're trying to perform daily activities. If all your muscles aren't strong enough to perform the activities, they're going to strain and elicit pain. Or they're going to cause another muscle to compensate and elicit pain. Or you're going to cause misalignment of joint surfaces based on the fact that those muscles that have strained happen to attach to the joints that move and if there's weakness or imbalance of the muscles, the joint surfaces don't move in the way they should. They rub in the way they shouldn't and you have pain. That is the cause of pain in 95 to 98% of cases. So if in, let's face it, 90 to 95% of cases, if an MRI is being performed, they're going to find a structural variation and the cause of your pain is going to be attributed to that, you can now see why in greater than 90% of cases, you will be misdiagnosed. Now, let me try to give you some examples because I think if you can understand this fully, it will cause you to recognize that you can accept this as the way of identifying the cause of your symptoms and that you really have only one choice, which is the YAC method, which is the method, as far as I know, the only method that actually looks to interpret the body's presentation of symptoms to identify what tissue is eliciting those symptoms. My God, just as the body wanted the system to be utilized to identify what tissue is the best part. The Ox method is capable of identifying all tissues that might be eliciting symptoms and can interpret the symptoms to identify those particular tissues. Whereas diagnostic tests and basically any medical practitioner cannot identify muscular causes, which accounts for what? 95 to 98% of cases of pain. That's what it accounts for. Almost everybody. So let's give a couple of examples. You're having symptoms of sciatica, which is pain from the gluteal region down beyond the knee to the foot. You get an MRI of the lumbar spine. It can find anything, herniated disc, stenosis, arthritis, any kind of pinched nerve, any of that stuff. It has to immediately be <laughs> considered worthless because sciatica, based on the definition, is irritation of the sciatic nerve. 
and the sciatic nerve actually begins in the gluteal region and ends at the back of the knee. So if you're having sciatica, you must be having irritation of the nerve. That irritation must occur somewhere within its path. And that means that the cause has to be anywhere between the gluteal region and the back of the knee. And in fact, in the majority of cases, 95 to 98% of cases, it's a muscle in the gluteal region called the piriformis muscle impinging on the sciatic nerve due to a strain of a muscle associated with hip stability. So the fact is that there actually is no connection of the sciatic nerve to the lumbar spine. It's just simply not true. And therefore, it wouldn't matter to me what was found, what structural variation was found at the lumbar spine. It is a meaningless finding based on the idea that any variation at the lumbar spine cannot create sciatic. It simply cannot. The same thing can be said in the same representation of those people who aren't necessarily having sciatica, but have pain just in the gluteal region. Again, MRIs will be done at the lumbar spine, and they'll find stenosis or a herniated disc or a pinched nerve, and you'll be told that's the cause of your pain. The problem is the nerve roots that come out of the lumbar spine go to the legs. They don't go to the gluteal region. They're simply, it's not a pathway. Those nerve roots go to the legs. The nerve roots that come out of the sacral plexus, the sacral spine, that's what goes to the gluteal region and innervates the muscles of the gluteal region. It is simply impossible for a herniated disc, pinched nerve, or stenosis at the lumbar spine to create pain at the gluteal region. Impossible. We can look at arthritis at your joints. Bam, man. Arthritis is found so often. Bone on bone, bone on bone. You check the range of motion of your joint. If you have full range of motion of your joint, arthritis cannot be the cause of your pain. Simply based on the fact that if the joint has full range of motion, it means the joint is structurally sound and therefore any aspect or component of the structure that makes up the joint can't elicit a symptom. The structure can only elicit a symptom if it has an impact on the function of the joint. But if the joint is functioning properly, why would anyone accept the idea that a component of the structure is causing a symptom. The structure fun is functioning properly. The joint is working. It has full range of motion. We can go down the line. Scoliosis. Let's talk about scoliosis. How many people, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, have gotten surgeries for scoliosis as the cause of their back pain? Scoliosis means nothing more than a misalignment of the vertebrae from side to side. If you were to tell me scoliosis is the cause of your pain, I would assume by definition you're referring to the vertebrae as eliciting pain. Well, vertebrae don't elicit pain unless there's fracturing. So just because vertebrae are misaligned would have absolutely no reason for the vertebrae to elicit pain. This is absolute insanity and yet hundreds of thousands if not greater numbers of people have gotten rods put in their spine for no 
reason. It is actually the muscle which is imbalanced on either side of the spine, which has led to the symptom of scoliosis, just as the pain is a symptom of muscle straining because they're not balanced. So what you need to start thinking about is the fact that you're going to be forced to utilize a system that in the majority of cases comes up with diagnoses that could never create your symptoms and yet they want you to accept that diagnosis and have treatment based on that diagnosis and what do they have to show for the results? 22 million people addicted to prescription pain medication. Failed back surgery syndrome as a diagnosis. It failed. They still have the same symptoms, so they create a diagnosis to account for it. And what? So that they could do more treatment for you. You need to see this as a complete failure, and you need to look to an alternative. The only alternative is the YAS method. The YAS method interprets your symptoms to identify the tissue that's eliciting the symptoms. It is the way the body has intended the system to work. It identifies all potential tissues, and in the majority of cases, it's muscle. This has been done over two decades. It has worked for those who were diagnosed improperly and were scheduled for surgeries. It has worked for those who unfortunately had the surgeries, did nothing to resolve their symptoms because the wrong diagnosis was achieved and treated. And still, after that, because the cause was muscular, proper exercise was performed to resolve the symptoms. This is your only pathway to resolving your symptoms, to getting the right diagnosis, which allows for the proper treatment to end your symptoms. If you want more information about the YAS method, please go to my website at www.mitchellyas.com. You can contact me by email at Dr. Mitch at MitchellYastic.com. That's D-R-M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com. Or you can call me on my cell phone, 516-449-1359. 516-449-1359. Any way you get the YAS method, I strongly suggest you get it because it truly is your one and only path to getting the right diagnosis, which means the right treatment for the right tissue so your symptoms can resolve and you can get the life back that you so justly deserve. For now, this is Dr. Mitchell Yas wishing you a pain-free, fully functional life. Bye-bye.